At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, Bass Guy Get Beers. Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Paladin. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Alpha. I'm your host, Mr. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. What's going on, Facebook Live, YouTube, Jay Randall, podcast listeners? How are we? Uh, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I speak what for all it? of us. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with everybody being odd lately on podcasts? <laughs> One word answers. It's, you know, it's the whole public thing, I think, you know, <laughs> the whole live thing. You know, it's funny, too, because it's like, you know, that's that just happened and that's forever. Well, I did a show on New Canoe last night with uh, Brad Hurlboss and Dave Palmer from uh, uh, Punisher Waterfowl. And like they both like one word answers to start off just to throw me off. And I was like, really? Come on. You guys oh. both do podcasts. <laughs> is, is that a challenge? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, Dave's Canadian, so I was like, uh, and Brad's a huge fan of Letterkenny, so they had a competition who could throw in the most Letterkenny references during the oh, show. God. <laughs> so it was kind of fun. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a good time, man. It was it was good stuff. Good stuff. But uh, yeah, man, uh, excited about uh, tonight's show. We got uh, Josiah Pleasant in the house. We've had him on, I don't know what, two, three times before, right? Yeah, yeah, probably too many. <laughs> <laughs> he's laughing down there in the green. He's our, he's our friend above the 48. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. 48. For sure. He's coming at us live from uh, Alaska. 
uh he just made a recent move he's living in kodiak now so interested to hear about that i told him when you left before we started uh i made a comment to him i'm like what the the bears down there in juno weren't big enough he had to go for the bigger bigger yeah. ones and uh he's like yeah you know nine foot wasn't good enough we had to get those 10 and a half 11s you know yeah like yeah you know, <laughs> nothing like a bear that can eat you <laughs> yeah. well he's got a story he was telling me a story we'll we'll let him share it but uh let's get him in here uh mr josiah pleasant how you doing sir hey guys <laughs> good to be here it's good What's to see up, you buddy? brother good to see you i know you got a little more facial hair than last time you said tis the season I'm sure things are starting to cool down up up in the great north and uh, the last frontier, you know. Uh, but uh, we're interested to hear, man. I'm always fascinated to talk to you about what you got going on and uh, life in Alaska. And uh, I mean, you sent us a bunch of photos and I was just like, yeah, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah. yeah. Your, your life's cooler than ours. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun life, man. <laughs> I was like all all those pictures. I was like, you know, I don't usually feel that lazy. But <laughs> now I feel lazy. <laughs> well, my my back hurts putting those photos together. So oh, there's sure. that. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you might want to put those fingers in a sling or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure getting to those places isn't easy. I'll I'll pop this one up here. Uh, just a beautiful um, sunset photo and uh, up looked like a peak overlooking uh, the ocean there. Yep. Yeah, it's a very top of a, a mountain range on Central Kodiak. Uh, I don't think there's been many people on top of those mountains, and there's good reason for it. Yeah, I I'm sure I have a heart attack a quarter of the way up, not even a half quarter, quarter yeah. for sure. <laughs> what's the what's the elevation of those mountains? You know, it's not the elevation that's the tricky thing. Um, yeah. Kodiak is the largest mountain on Kodiak, and Kodiak tops out I think right at 4,600. Um, of course, okay. every mountain mm -hmm. on Kodiak is coming straight from sea level, so you earn every foot of what the elevation is. Um, but the tricky thing is uh, the brush. Uh, for the first three quarters of the way, the brush is like this right in front of your face. And it's oh, not no, soft geez. brush. It's it's two culprits, Devil's Club and Salmon Berries. Salmon Berries, super thorny. Devil's Club earns its freaking name. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Le leaves these thorns that go about a quarter inch into your skin. Uh, you, you won't be able to see my hands, but I'm still getting these dang Devil's Club uh, thorns coming out of my hands weeks later. So it's, it's rough, Jeez. but... Yeah, it's it's demoralizing. You know, you put in three miles in that stuff and you're literally just bushwhacking the whole way. But when you finally get to the top, oh, man, it's so satisfying. You're like, OK, it was worth it. Then you have yeah. to pack down if you're successful and then you're packing down through all that stuff. And you you wonder, what well, was it worth it? But then a week goes by and you're like, yeah, heck yeah, it's worth yeah. it again. I was going to say, should I just stay up here? I, I, I I would say after after this last pack out, I was like, I think I'm traumatized, like to even look at brush, you know, when I'm in the Alpine, I'm fine. When I'm walking through a river, I'm fine. But the brush is tough. And the problem with the brush isn't just the brush. It's you can't see anything and bears are sleeping in it. So you're walking was, through and you have no viz. 
you know, I was it's, just it's gonna say that I was just gonna be like, man, don't aren't you scared of running up on? Well, I mean, I re- I'm sure you're prepared, but you know. yeah, and I remember that story you shared with us. One, one, I think it was like the first show you were uh, walking back to camp or something, and came face to face with a brown bear, and I don't know, dude. That I, I would have screamed like a little girl and probably had to change my shorts four times over, but yeah, yeah. It, uh, no. I don't I don't think I could handle it. You just gotta raise your arms, Brian. Just you know, look <laughs> bigger than it. That's all. And don't it's run. the thing. I'm I'm big and those bears are bigger. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> just just don't look like prey. That's all you just gotta do. Don't look like prey. <laughs> it's tough though, because I mean they, they eat moose and, and a big bull moose is fifteen hundred pounds. So how do yeah, you not dude. look like prey to these guys? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. huge. So that's why huge. that's why you bring a big 44 on you, you know, in there. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Boom. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> Hopefully it runs away. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Well, I remember uh my uncle has told me stories because he was stationed in Alaska for a bit. And uh we're talking Jesus probably 60 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, but he's like, you know, we complain about hitting deer with our cars you know imagine hitting a moose that's 1500 pounds and you know you want to talk about damage <laughs> that's a new vehicle right there yeah <laughs> you know? yeah if so you I... if you survive right like that yep. i mean that's like hitting a brick wall coming back from a salmon fishing trip with my dad uh he hit a moose i wasn't driving he was driving and uh the entire hood of the jeep cherokee that we were driving went under the moose it was the rib cage that took out the windshield and the top of the jeep cherokee so i mean oh, th- you think about that size the hood didn't even hit anything it was the yeah. windshield so we all ducked and it was a cow moose and she took a crap when she got hit so we're all covered in moose crap but she walked away she seemed fine but yeah that's, uh, that's a weird that, side effect that, yeah that, <laughs> it gives you an idea of their their height though like the hood of a jeep cherokee is under the rib cage so that's yeah. huge dude that is a massive animal massive yeah. that's incredible dude incredible absolutely incredible so what what made you leave juno and head to kodiak you know just life is short first of all and there's there's the whole southern half of Kodiak is as wild and pristine as, as any place on the planet. Um, it's actually the only place in the United States where residents are able to, to take two mountain goats. Um, so just the mountain goat population is super robust. Black-tailed deer populations robust. You know, everybody knows Kodiak synonymous with Kodiak bears, right? They're they're basically direct kin uh, to polar bears. So your size is pretty much commensurate to a polar bear. They just happen to be brown. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a rugged place. So ever since I probably at, at the point in time where I knew how to read, um, I read about Kodiak and, and would love to be up there. So probably a lifelong dream. Um, but at the same time, work, work opened up some opportunities to be able to step forward. Uh, on both of our ends. And so from a family standpoint, it made sense and we made the move. That's huge, man. That's huge. Um, super cool. And you're living with, is it your wife or girlfriend? Wife. Wife. Okay. All right. I, cu- I couldn't remember. Uh, 
I knew it was one of the two, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's there's the bear that tore my cooler up. Yeah. So share 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 with everybody what that was about because uh, you told me before we started, but uh, you were talking yeah. about coolers and and uh, yeah. Unfortunately, that guy shredded yours. You said right? Yeah. So. I'm, I'm bear aware. I'm bear smart. Um, I don't make, um, mistakes often, um, because I've, I've learned this lifestyle. I've learned the rhythms of, of how nature works, but we were moving pretty quick and you've got to deal with the tide swings. You can see the boat, um, anchored there. And so, you know, I, I love having a, an all welded boat so you can, you know, at low tide, let the boat sit on, on sand and that's okay. It doesn't hurt it when it's a good welded boat. Sure. Um, but, uh, what I generally do if I can is either use a kayak or just wait her up to be able to get to the boat at high tide. And we were moving pretty quick to hit our, our timelines. And so I use these 162 liter coolers because you can actually fit, you know, your deer and your goats in the 162 liter coolers. Um, and I always bleach them out if there's ever been game in them, but I'll use it to chuck waders and wader boots in because it's not advisable to climb a mountain in waders and wader boots. <laughs> you want to switch to your, your hunting gear and your hunting boots. And uh, so I, I got this buck and I, I sent you guys a photo of it. Um, I mean, he's a dandy, just a sweet buck. But um, just getting up to him takes, takes a day, day and a half. And then coming down, it's even worse, right? Because these bigger bucks, you know, you're talking right at 150 pounds of meat. Um, yeah. and I mean, that's, it's brutal to pack out cause you're fighting all the brush and you're, you're loaded down. But I, I always glass from the mountaintops, looking back at the boat, just checking on it. And, uh, the cooler looked kind of funky. I'm like, what is going on with the cooler? And, uh, got down there and this stupid bear had shredded the cooler and had a couple of dry bags strewn out, um, rain gear strewn out. But, you know, I guess he thought there might've been something. But then I, I watched this bear fish the next couple of days and he's, he's a pretty skinny bear. The older boars, you know, they, they kind of reach the peak of life and then they're on the downswing and it's mid August and he was skinny. And so I think he was just desperate, but anyhow, if you don't go with a, a bear proof cooler, like a truly bear proof cooler, it's going to get torn up. So I, uh, I lesson learned, even if there's no food or meat or anything like that, you got to just keep that thing away from any bear access at all, unless it's totally bear proof. Yeah. That's wild, dude. That is completely wild. Cause it, and that was my question. Like, was there a game in there previously? And you said you went to the extent of bleaching that thing out and he still got in and tore it up. Yeah. You, you said there was just rain gear in there, right? Yeah. So was it, um, was there possibly like scent on that rain gear from like packing an animal out or something? Maybe. Probably not. Um, <laughs> not, not, not to our nose at all. Not to anything we could do. Right. Like I bleach wiped the rain gear, you know, I did everything you're supposed to do, but that's crazy. Got me. Sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes the bear gets you and he <laughs> won that day. One, one, a fresh, uh, 160 quart cooler. Right, right. Jesus. What kind of what kind of cooler was it? 
So that was an igloo, um, and it's uh, rest rest in peace, one hundred and sixty two liter igloo. So rest try in pieces. Get... <laughs> exactly, rest in pieces is correct. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna see if I can try to squeeze some some quarters if I if I cut them at the knee um, into the the Orion eighty five. We're gonna try and start using an Orion eighty five for everything because they are certified bear proof. So I'm gonna put those suckers to the test. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the way to do it. You're in the right spot to do it as well, you know. Yeah. Insane. Insane, dude. What it I mean it, it's so unique to me that you got to I mean, where I'm at here in the Midwest and Jay used to be in the Midwest, now Tennessee. So he's got a little bit different landscape, but you know, here you shoot a deer, you drag it out to the truck and throw it in the back of the truck and off you go and it's like you know i i was today i was watching some elk hunting videos guys out in colorado wyoming uh things like that and you know just blows my mind how much work there is after the hunt you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like yeah quartering up that animal hiking it down a mountain and trying to you know get back to camp it's just it's intense yep yeah i i uh I've been really busy with the move and with work and I got out of shape. Um, and it's the first fall that I've been out of shape in five years and it killed me, man. It was brutal. I pushed myself to the absolute limit. I was waking up at 2 AM with like full leg and back cramps, you know, when you get like the whole body's Charlie horse. So yeah, yeah, I, you're my, my passions there, my spirits there, my will is there, but Boy, if you don't ramp up right and get in really good shape before season, it's 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 brutal. So uh, getting in shape with season is one way to do it. But uh, if I can ever avoid that again, I will avoid that and do my pre-work and get in shape. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. See, man, I've been thinking about the same thing. Obviously, I don't have the extent of uh, hiking and backpacking that you do, but it's just like, man, like uh, 
this summer. I kind of let myself go a little bit and I'm like, you know, hunting season's around the corner. Like I should go get my fat butt on a treadmill or something right now just to get prepped up, ready to go. Yeah. You know, but it's not always the easiest thing to do when you got 8 million things going on. So I, I can completely relate to that for sure. Yeah. Jay just mows his lawn for two and a half hours. It's longer than that. <laughs> That's a big lawn, man. You got Dude, some acreage. Yeah, it's well, I mean, it's not like a ton, but it's like it's two acres, but it's on a mountainside. So yeah, you know, it was funny because the other day I was thinking, you know, coming from skateboarding and snowboarding, and you know, especially snowboarding and going off, you know, 20 foot, you know, huckers and you know, and doing 40 foot tables and all this other stuff, going fast. I am like now in my life, I'm like scared to mow my lawn, you know, <laughs> because that rider is so tippy on some of the spots. And, and I get it, you know, it's like, there's, you can only do so much of a grade, you know, and there's some moments, dude, where you like whiskey throttle that thing. And you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, how do I stop this thing? You know? And you're like, here we go. We're just going. You know? <laughs> so, and my neighbor laughs at me. He's like, Cause I mean, I've never had a rider. I mean, I've never had to mow something like this, you know? And then he's, uh, he laughs and he's like, well, you picked a heck of a lawn to learn. Like how to use a, ri- a rider yeah. lawnmower, yeah. you know, it's like, so but, you're, uh, you're saying you literally engage your adrenal glands mowing the lawn. Oh dude. <laughs> like we're talking white knuckle, like <laughs> butts puckering. Like, it's, like, I mean, there is a moment, like I, I didn't even want to mow my lawn. I paid my neighbor to do it. Cause I was so freaked out. <laughs> cause there's just a couple moments. Cause he comes over and he's like sitting halfway off the seat. And yeah. He's like, yeah, that's, that's all you got to do. And I'm like, no, 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 that's yeah. not all I got to do. No, 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 no. I'm like, that's not even okay. I remember as a kid having to do that, man, like mowing the dishes and stuff. You'd be half hanging half off, you know, just. Yeah. I had that thing come up like once and I was like freaking out. So no, but I'm getting used to it. But yeah, it's and I still bring out the the push mower. You know, it's of course it's, you know, power assist, push assist. But uh, it's still a workout, man. I mean, you I mean, between yesterday and today, it's probably about four hours of work burning some calories bro you should be good you should be good come hunting season oh yeah totally yep Um, that's my my training regiment is uh (laughs) mowing the lawn you know (laughs) what uh what what's uh in alaska right now like what's kind of like temperatures been roughly where you're at well it's like 50 degrees right now raining wow yeah i think it hit 78 today so that's a nice day right outside of chicago yeah it sounds like the heat waves have been brutal across most of the country this summer so i've been you know there's there's trade-offs winter's long up here but the summers are are pretty sweet so dude yeah i'm sure down here it's sucked down here for yeah jesus i mean we're in the 90s for like a week straight and it's like you know down here it's tennessee so it's humidity you know the humidity is just you go outside and you breathe and you're just like drenched. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's like, I don't know how it is for the skinny dudes, but us bigger guys, I was like, there's a little <laughs> bit more working. So, you know, that first step to, you know, to the truck, you know, for the air conditioning and you're, well, oh, I'm wet. I'm just Alex. drenched. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I was in Florida for ICAST, dude, and I've, I've said this a couple times now, but it's just like you walk outside at like 7 in the morning, six, actually 6.30 in the morning, going to go to breakfast, and you're just like, you walk outside and instantly like just start sweating. It's just yep. so much moisture in the air. It just instantly hits you, and it's just, yeah. I, I much, can't. I'd much rather be dealing with 50 in rain right now. I can't wait until like fall and winter. When all everybody else is gonna be hiding inside, and my north my northern blood's gonna be like, oh, let's go for it. <laughs> I'm gonna be out there with like you know just like a hoodie. Everyone's gonna be freezing. Yeah, yeah. When's it start? You know, when do you guys start kind of looking at winter? Is it October or end of September? Um, for, well, it depends on elevation, right? And and we're all the way so Kodiak's an island in the middle of the Pacific. So we get more temperate weather than anywhere else in Alaska because we've got the Pacific Ocean kind of mediating temperature. Um, but the first winter storms usually are September. But honestly, the past two days, we've had one now in the middle of August. I mean, it was howling mm. sideways rain and 12 foot seas. So it, it's already, you know, we've already had the shift here. Um, we say that the the harbinger of, of season change is the fireweed. When the fireweed changes, it gives kind of a brilliant, it looks like fire and then it's done and just blows away in the wind. Well, it's blown away. (laughs) So, Mm. uh, season has changed. So, but yeah, once you get, you know, a thousand feet of elevation, I mean, even now you'll start to get some snow up high. Um, it's, it changes pretty quick, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I pay attention to the animals getting furred up, right? So the bears start to get furred up end of August, beginning of September, the goats start to get furred up and that kind of tells you they're, they're getting ready. Um, who, who is it? Sean Bean winter's coming. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That's intense, man. That's intense. I mean, where you're at, is it, I mean, how, how do I phrase this? Is it like completely off grid or do you guys still have like electricity where you're at like yeah so home home base just outside of city limits um electricity internet we're good to go um i my my day job i actually um work in commercial real estate um uh, developing flex workspaces and so i do that from from regular internet like like everybody getting to do remote work which is great um, but yeah, I go a bit South for, for hunting and fishing and there's nothing, I mean, we're no people, I mean, just completely off the grid. So yeah, Kodiak proper, you can see where it says Kodiak, yeah. um, women, women's Bay is where the coast guard base is, uh, just South of Kodiak there. And then you've got those big bays that cut in below women's <laughs> Bay. And, yeah, uh, right. those, mm-hmm. those are pretty fun places to go. So are you in the town of Kodiak then? Yeah, at the moment I am. Okay. Okay. Right on. Right on. What's the what's what's the population out there? So city limits, I think population's right at six thousand right now. And you've got about thirteen thousand people that, you know, are residents of Kodiak. And then you've got a flux in in the summer and fall. Um, a lot of people coming in for tourism, a lot of folks coming in for fishing and hunting. So, you know, in any given moment in summer and fall probably pretty fair to say that there might be 20 25,000 people but then in winter it shrinks down to that true number mm-hmm. i mean that's, that's the town right there huh 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, what's your guy's power source? Is it is it nuclear or is it coal? Uh, no, I mean there's there's some wind turbines, um, and there is hydro as well. Um, so the wind turbines and hydro, and then there's some backup too. But for the most part, I mean it's pretty clean. Bro, you got a Walmart on an island, do, man. <laughs> Safeway, Starbucks, Walmart. <laughs> I'm moving to Kodiak. Isn't it kind of is it is it more expensive to live there than it was in Juneau? It's comparable. Um, the airfare is more expensive um, out of Kodiak. Um, I would say it ends up being about a wash, all things considered. Some mm-hmm. things are cheaper in Kodiak than they were in Juneau, but you know, some. I think it comes out to a wash. Basically, I think remote Alaska. You have just a handful of towns where you can like truly work from, right? Like mm-hmm. solid Wi-Fi, solid amenities, you know, good international airport. Um, I think they all they're all pretty expensive, but they're all pretty close to the same. Your your cheaper living is probably when you go to the bigger city, but when you go to the bigger city, you lose a lot of the recreation and beauty. But predominantly, Alaska is definitely more expensive than lower forty-eight. Oh yeah. Yeah, because like yeah. you, you got to get everything trucked and shipped, shipped up in. there. Yeah, I well, mean, yeah. At this point, for you, shipped and in, in air. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean you're looking at a sixty to seventy percent upcharge on everything because to get it here, think of all the fuel and and the shipping company that put all that together. So oh, yeah. yeah, it ain't cheap. Yeah, if you don't live off the land, I mean, I I don't see how you you could try to justify it but if living off the land is your passion and you do it yep. well um you know i'm i'm okay with eating venison and mountain goat and halibut every day works for me yeah that's pretty gnarly dude it's uh it's interesting too right like I, i'm curious too because of inflation being so crazy like mm-hmm. and I, i've i've watched a ton of stuff on alaska like i'm absolutely fascinated and i've told you that numerous times before like What's a what's a gallon of milk at Safeway by you guys right now? Neither of us drink milk, uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure <laughs> about a gallon of milk. I can tell you that eggs. Yeah, um, eggs. I think it's like freaking thirteen dollars for a dozen eggs, Jesus, something like that. Dude, dude you so, need to raise chickens. <laughs> oh, done. I, I already have their whole little station set up, building the coop. Like we're we're we're. I'm getting the starting off as little chicks. So they get acclimated, right. You know, and they build the good relationship with them and they got to build the relationship with the dogs so that the dogs protect them from critters (laughs) that would eat them. But um, no, before six months is up, we'll be having our own eggs because we can't afford to pay that. That's crazy. That's insane. Oh my God. You got to have your, your greenhouse. We got a little (laughs) greenhouse with some kale and lettuce and potatoes and things like that. Cause yeah, you, if you're not doing that kind of stuff, it's you need to be independently wealthy to make that life work. Are you uh, are you good at foraging out there? Um, it's we're high berry season right now. I mean, I'm I'm eating like a half pound of berries a day. Salmon berries are are decent. The huckleberries are out of this world. I mean, you just get yourself a bag of pancake mix or, or a cake mix and go to town. You know, half berries, half the mix, and oh, it's so good. Yeah. And and then it's you know. That's pretty healthy cake, right? Those are pretty healthy pancakes. Yeah, if you yeah I mean, berries. you're just carving up for the next hunt, you know? <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. You know? it, it's it's fascinating to me, dude. It's just, uh, I, 
I can imagine, but I can't imagine at the same time. Like it's, but like you said, you almost have to, and that's a thing. Like I think I've, I've learned from everything I've seen about Alaska, right. Is a lot of the folks that live there, they, they live off the land. Like you're talking about berries, you know, hunting animals, catching fish, like without that, they wouldn't survive or, you know, most folks wouldn't survive up there just because you said it dozen eggs 13 bucks dude that's insane it's over a buck an egg yeah it's nuts well you just living like you should you know what i mean it's we we've all gotten used to just eating out of boxes you know at least down here you know and it's so easy to be like man i'm not gonna make dinner i'm just gonna go to mcdonald's right yeah and it's just you know i just think of how much healthier he is (laughs) Like the nuts. His McDonald's <laughs> is up on a mountainside, you know. Yeah, He's yeah, just gotta yeah. hike five miles to get uh, there and then yeah, you know, quarter up an animal, fight off fourteen yep. brown bears and uh hike five miles back down and you know, hope he survives. <laughs> Do you get you guys got a pretty healthy wolf population over there too? No wolves on Kodiak. No wolves, that's a good interesting. Thing. I could yeah. live there then. I'll fight yeah, the bears. It's brown bears and brown bears only, but these brown bears are so different from other places I've lived. I mean, they're aggressive. They're, I don't know that necessarily that they're habituated to people because the places I've gone are super remote. Like they're not seeing a lot of people, but that bear, he could care less. He's like, oh, what's this cooler? You know, just shredded it to pieces where, whereas I've not had that issue, you know, Admiralty Island uh, off of Juneau has the most dense population of brown bears on the planet and i you know yeah i had interactions with bears and would have them bluff charge me on a few occasions but never had them tear anything up never had them you know actually get in my face and already i can tell these bears it's a it's a different story i mean you got to be careful with these guys so what are the what are the laws with that i mean like let's, let's say you get charged like what are you allowed to do ethically you know Best Alaskan practice is when you're able is to purchase and carry a brown bear tag. That's that's what folks do. Like that's your number one solution is to carry a tag with you so that if you end up in a situation where you really have to put one down because it's you or them, that you've got the tag, you're clear, you proceed. I shot my brown bear and in, in a couple years ago, so I'm not eligible for another brown bear for another season or two. So mm-hmm. because of that, um, my recourse is please, please go away. (laughs) I can't do anything. Right. Cause even though I got a rifle in my hand, I mean, I really can't and and don't want to use it. Now, if you're in a situation where you've got to put one down and you don't have a tag, absolutely. If you're defending yourself, you can do that, but you have to show proof and you got to give up the hide. You got to give up the meat. You got to give up the skull. None of it's yours. And if you're 10 miles in, you got to pack it out is the rule. Oh my god. And so really, I mean, yes, you can defend yourself, but the amount of work that goes into that for something you don't even get, oh man. So how can they really... even how can they even do an investigation? Because I'd be like, I'm dropping a pin. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> you guys can come look at this area, I'll tell you where I was. Well, yeah. that's the thing too. Like you said, you gotta prove it, right? And uh you know, that's uh how do you do that unless you're carrying a GoPro around, which I'm sure most common folks in that area aren't, you know, recording everything they do, you know? Right. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough deal. I mean, I, I 
rule of thumb, if you've got someone in your group that has a tag, you're, you're good, right? You're, you're in the clear, you're safe. Um, you know, and you just hope you never end up in that situation, but I've never personally ended up in that situation because I, I truly believe they sense confidence. They know when someone's confident, I think mm-hmm. they smell it on you. They smell the pheromones of, I, you know what you're doing. And, you know, part of me knowing what I'm doing, well, I've got a high powered rifle with me too, and that doesn't hurt. And sure. I think they can sense, you know, they sense when I know, okay, try it. I'm right here. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, you know, not being able to carry a tag at the moment, it definitely felt a little bit different, you know, crawling through that brush, like, well, shoot, I can't even necessarily, you know, in an easy, you know, straightforward fashion, take one, because when you put in the work on these animals, it's so personal to just give that up and say, here's this hide that I hiked out, you know, 10 miles and then put it on a boat for 20 miles and then drove Mm -hmm. for 60 miles, like, that's a that's a lot to give up so yeah i hope i never have to cross that bridge well what's what's fascinating to me and what i'm curious about right because you're not originally from alaska correct like i was born born in colorado that's what i thought you were born in in the west but how did you learn all this stuff like is it just from living up there and having some mentors just doing consistent research like I, i mean how do you figure out how to survive in the what they call the last frontier man it's yeah the true Um, wild west i think in a lot of things you know (laughs) there's there's nature and nurture and there's a percentage of both right like some people inherently take to um certain characteristics of living and there's there's skill involved there's passion involved you know you know even your body right like being six four with long arms and webbed feet you know all right, that's maybe I'm a little bit of a, an aquatic person. Like it, it fits me. Um, but yeah, the passion from a young age was huge. My dad loved to hunt and fish. And so I got to learn, you know, a bit from him. And then, you know, I kind of took my own path at a, at a pretty early age, um, just getting out on my own, even if it was just trails in the neighborhood kind of thing. Right. Or when I started driving, driving to places and getting out and, um, you know, I think, uh, the combination of, of nature and nurture is huge. A, a lot of that gets um, ingrained in us when we're really young. You know, we're so impressionable on on what we should be or can be or, or able to be passionate about. Um, and then, you know, in terms of what I read and media and that kind of thing, if you're if you're really into going north, I mean, there's there's really only one frontier left. And I've I've seen the world. And I mean, there's places in Alaska that are truly frontier still. And you just really can't say that about a vast percentage of the planet now. I mean, yeah. there's 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 so many places where that I love to go to when I was younger in Colorado. And I remember the last couple of trips that I took. I'm like so stoked for my alpine trips to go fly fish for trout and just scout and glass, you know, bighorn sheep and elk and go up there. And there's freaking caravans of. 60 trucks you know straight through coming from texas and all these rvs and stuff set up and um colorado's beautiful but uh, she's she's pretty populated at this point so you know yeah i think that that kind of steered me um because the idea of okay can i live the life that i want to live in the lower 48 i mean you can but you're really buying your isolation in the lower 48 right you're the kind of person that has the wealth that you can buy a ranch right sure so that exists, but I, I'm a, not of that uh, financial means. Whereas in Alaska, I mean, 
yeah, you still have to buy in and it's, it's expensive, but you don't have to buy a ranch to do it. Right. So sure. it's, it's, uh, it's more attainable. Um, but you, you pay for it in the winters and the hard work and all that, but yeah. Well, I, th- it, correct me if I'm wrong, but Alaska has the most public land out of all 50 states, right? Oh yeah. By far yeah. and away. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I thought. So Anwar, um, Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, is the size of the state of South Carolina. That's just one of our refuges, just one. <laughs> so, you know, you drive to South Carolina, and it's it's not a particularly small state. That's just one of our refuges. And if you look at Anwar on a map, it's just a tiny chunk of northern Alaska. And I think the ratio is still the same, too, that, like, there's only only 15% of Alaska has roads and and it's populated and the rest the rest of the 85% is still just wild yeah basically we the folks that really get after it hunting and fishing if you're doing anything off of the road system it's like a category of fishing and hunting it's like yeah it's kind of it is what it is it's something you do real quick on a weekend if you don't have time for anything else the real hunting and fishing you're getting in a boat or you're getting in a plane Mm-hmm. And you're going to places where people don't usually go. And that's that's what sets Alaska apart. I mean, you're you're seeing fish and wildlife that that really don't see people as much. And it, it's just a game changer. I mean, we're going out and the halibut fishing here is so awesome. It's unbelievable. We love oh, halibut. Yeah, dude. And uh, mo- mm-hmm. most places that I've halibut fished, um, even closer to cities in Alaska, like they get fished out. You don't come across, you know, really big halibut consistently. And some places that I've found, I mean, there's really big halibut consistently. It's a blast. Yeah. And like, really are you going out in your, like in your boat just straight out? Or, I mean, are you driving to a location or taking a puddle jumper or a bush plane or something? Yeah. I mean, just <clears throat> financially, you know, once you have a boat, you know, you know what boat stands for, uh, bring, bring on another thousand. You're you kind of tied to the boat. Thousand. Yeah. Right. You're tied to it. And so I, I try to use the boat. Um, but I, I've done some float plane trips and that's a blast. It, it almost feels like cheating, right? Once you do everything on foot and with a boat, when you do the float plane, you like arrive and you're like, oh, this was nice. <laughs> yeah. You pay, yeah. you pay for it, but yeah. That's like there's some fish there, man. No kidding. Yeah. And then like, you know, just for good measure, we got a deer head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true true surf and turf table there man so yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a 10 foot cleaning table to give you an idea of the size of the table there those are some huge slabs of meat dude it is yeah. like right off the road just imagine doing that like up in illinois yeah, <laughs> yeah right people would be freaking out <laughs> that's insane dude so yeah. the amount of meat that's there right just just the fish alone like how long does that does that last you um, well, I mean, I, I try to be uh, generous to friends, family coming over, that kind of thing. So it's not just, you know, two of us eating it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. halibut have the largest yield of any fish meat wise. I mean, there's just they're mostly meat. I mean, you're talking 80 percent plus of the halibut is all meat. So even just the halibut you see there, you know, that I'm holding up, um, if it's just two people, you could eat on that halibut for two months. Um, oh, wow. and, and you'd be good to go um but but yeah it goes a little bitch. bit quicker for me because we're people are coming over and that kind of thing 
knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. How much does that fish weigh that you're holding? That's a 75-pound halibut. Jesus, dude. So that's at the (laughs) upper end of what we call chickens. So once you start getting above about 75 pounds, then, you know, it's bigger than a chicken halibut. But we call them chickens because the meat's just, oh, man, super tender and super nice. And, you know, it's not not a big garage door. But, um, you know, every season so far, and and I haven't caught mine yet, um, I, I catch them over 100. And uh, that's a, that's a different class halibut. When the, when those suckers start coming up, you're like, oh man! Now you're gonna tell me you catch them on ugly sticks. Um, I have an ugly stick that oh, that I have caught them on, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I I uh, I like using skates. Um, so you 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 drop a line with a couple of hooks and and bait the hook, and um, you you know that's that's actually quite a bit of fun too because you can work on other things while that's while that's soaking. So. Um, but no, I mean, a, a rod and reel or a skate, I mean, they're halibut are just fun. It's just fun seeing them. I mean, they're, they're sea monsters when you're pulling them up. So no kidding. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, just monstrous, man. What are you guys using for bait to catch those? Yeah. It's kind of funny, right? So, um, salmon are, are a sport fish and they're, they're, a, they're a blast to, to fish with. And some of our species of salmon we can use as bait and, uh, and so the best thing to do is to go salmon fishing. And at this point in my life, you know, the salmon that we can use as bait, you know, you catch them and, in, and instead, you know, I still fillet them, right. And I'm, I'm eating the fillets, but I'm really excited about the salmon because they're halibut bait, you know, and they're, they're, they're pretty good halibut bait. Halibut love squid and octopus, but you know, so far I, I haven't found any honey holes to pull up squid and octopus. So salmon, sure. salmon's the jam for, for halibut. Um, the halibut will chase the salmon straight up the into the estuaries up the streams. So I mean they're they're super predatory. So really, they, they key, yeah, they key on the salmon big time. So can they take out a salmon? Oh like, man! But I'd say fifteen percent of the time that I pull halibut up, they've got ten pound salmon in their belly. Really? They just yeah. don't look like that kind of fish. Well, yeah, they're yeah. they're kind of like a flounder, right? Where they sit on the bottom flat well, right yeah yeah body composition right flounders in that same family but halibut have this expandable jaw that yeah they're flat and then the jaw just kind of goes like this um Whew. so it's deceptive and and because they're so flat right it's also deceptive right that 75 pound halibut like yeah he covers up most of my body but the jaw on that fish he's swallowing salmon so it's like kind of like a large mouth just like <laughs> this inhales and well, a, a large mouth with rows of fangs. I mean, the, the oh, teeth, yeah. even on that 70 pound, you know, 
I still got cuts in my fingers just picking them up and working with them, right? But they've Jesus. they've got sharp teeth. I mean, they'll they'll grab onto stuff and not let go. See, I kind of thought they were more like a sturgeon in the mouth. Like, and that's completely different. Yeah, no, no, they're they totally teeth. I knew they had teeth. That sounds yeah. horrifying. <laughs> so all the all the old school, the older fishermen, like guys in their seventies and eighties. You know, they would long line for halibut, and they all had stories of big halibut taking fishermen out. Right. So the fisherman reaches, you know, to start, you know, getting that line up off the long line, and the big halibut grabbing onto fishermen and yanking them in. So yeah, I mean, you can Google. Google uh, Alaskan halibut, you know, taking taking fishermen, and, and you'll get a bunch of stories. Yeah, it turns out Nessie is really a halibut. <laughs> right, right, for sure. <laughs> they're aggressive Nessie's too. I mean, they're, they're so aggressive and they're strong. I mean, if they if once they get above a hundred pounds, yeah. if that thing grabbed a hold of you and you're in the water, you yeah. know, I'm. I, at one point in my life, I was an elite swimmer, and I don't think I'm out swimming a hundred pound halibut. He's taking well, me down if he wants to. Plus they're flat. So, right. So, I mean, they're used to staying down. It's kind of like, I don't want to say like a catfish because they're different, but those type of fish are just like flatter and used to staying on, you know, staying down. So they're going to take you. That's crazy though. Man, when they I get going, imagine. just think of their body. The whole thing's a tail. The whole yeah. thing's. Just yeah. Boom. I mean, when they, when they, when they, when you got them on a uh, hook, hook and rod, I mean, oh man the the way that they pull drag when they start going there's nothing like it i mean it just screams you you better have your fingers clear of the reel because they're going crazy <laughs> what what pound test are you using line wise to catch those yeah things? i mean the most guys and and i'm no exception you've got to use braided line and you're you're looking at a hundred pound test um because if you get on a big one and you busted line and i've never busted line on a big one but that would be so heartbreaking because you don't get yeah. so many opportunities, right? Those big fish are, you know, there's more of them here in Kodiak, but even still, you never take any opportunity for granted. So you, you come loaded for bear when you're fishing for halibut. I almost thought you guys are going to be running like something with like a steel core or something. Yeah. So yeah. on our halibut setups, you have a, a steel um, leader that hangs out two arms. And then we've got a hook on one side, a hook on the other, and then a weight at the bottom. And usually have either steel or kind of a synthetic, um, like plastic covering over the braid. Mine has steel, so everything that's near their mouth is steel. You don't want mm -hmm. any fishing line near their mouth. Yeah, yeah. that's that intense. Like... How how deep yeah. are you typically fishing these things? Summertime, <clears throat> right? They're starting to chase salmon up the stream, so you can get halibut into Shallow. fifty feet of water. I mean, 50, 40 feet of water. Um, I showed you guys a photo of one I caught on a seven weight fly rod a couple of years ago just to see if it could be done. Right. But no, they, they come in shallow. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. What about non-summer months? Like, are you, are you still trying to catch them in, in, you know, spring and fall? You can, but they go deeper. Yeah. So summer they're up shallow um, and they start, my experience is everything starts turning in October. So you're going to have a hard time finding them. After, after October in shallow water. And so you just got to think, you know, everything's a, a trade-off, right? Like pulling a big halibut up from 400 feet. Oh, it's brutal. Pulling a big halibut up from 80 feet. It's still brutal, but that's not yeah, near not as rough. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And deeper <laughs> down up here in the North Pacific, we get bad sea lice. And so the sea lice are really, really, really bad deep. I mean, mm -hmm. they'll start to literally chew out halibut really fast so i had a smaller one 
this past weekend and uh, the sea lice already started getting around his uh, the edge of his fins and we're just drilling in on them. Um, so, I mean, they're freaking scary. The sea lice are They're just like, you know, think of like scarab beetles. That's how, that's how the sea oh, lice are. Apparently. Have you ever thought about eating those things? I've seen videos of people are, you know, they're, 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 I don't know. They're foraging them off the, off the beaches. And I don't know. I've watched sea way too lice? many of those. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's a special. That's or a wait, special person that wants to eat sea lice. Or is it like is it sand lice? Is it the same thing? I, I can't remember. I think there's sea lice. I think you're thinking of sand fleas. Oh my god, that is sand fleas. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, that yeah. is weird too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gross it's too. all weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never heard of someone eating sea lice. I'm like, holy cow, that's a wild individual. Hey man, if the lights go out, a lot of stuff can happen. <laughs> a lot of- a lot of stuff makes it on the plate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's uh, foraging off the land there. I uh, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So, like during that's so, intense. I was gonna say when you, you know you're catching halibut, salmon, trout. Do you are you going after cod or anything else? I don't even know if that's around you. Yeah, lingcod. So lingcod are they're a cod species. They're also super aggressive they got two big front fangs yeah um and they're kind of famous that every odd lingcod i don't even know what the percentage is they're blue and the meat's blue oh, um yeah, that's you know right. like you probably heard of blue lobster like you get it more frequently in lingcod but they're tasty super tasty we actually just had our lingcod opener a few weeks ago um i've not caught one yet this season i'm not i'm not selectively chasing them because our our favorite is halibut and then um you know juno area we only had one run of sockeye and it was 65 miles out of town and uh, i actually never personally got to go chase sockeye there here we've got several rivers that have sockeye and i like to smoke salmon and uh a river that i'm actually headed to uh, in a day um they just upped the limit to 10 and so you can make what's called salmon candy you brine it really really heavy um, and sockeye is really the only species that will hold it. And so it's like a hard smoke. Oh man. I, you know, I don't have sweets, but, uh, I'll make some salmon candy and it's pretty good. So <laughs> I broke, I broke down, you know, I've done, you know, DIY and just make my own smokers and Traegers have gotten so nice. So I broke down and I got a Traeger. So I've got my nice. regular smokers and a Traeger. So if I get a batch of 10, spread them out across all of them and I end up eating like a tenth of what I smoke, just standing around the smoker testing, right? But Josiah's go- <laughs> Josiah's going bougie. Yeah, <laughs> I know, man. It's, but it's so nice. Uh, so the Traeger's sweet if you want to do a whole leg um, uh, off of deer or off a of goat. Oh man, it does such a good job. So yeah, I know, I know, but it's nice. It, it's 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 nice dude like i know a few guys that have it like brad's one and he did that whole uh back strap last year at deer camp uh you know from a deer yeah did that wrap whatever day and yeah i mean dude you get the smoke you get the grill effect like you get it all in one shot which is super super nice yeah, that was an amazing day. We ate a lot of different kind of animals, <laughs> yeah, <we did. laughs> all in one shot. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Pheasant, deer, and duck, or something, right? Or yeah, oh, I and, forget. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, there's something else I thought too, but yeah, it was one of. I mean, 
you know. That sounds like, like one of them Duck Dynasty turduckins deals, right? Like yeah. a, a pig with a goat with a duck with a chicken. They, yeah. They were all cooked separately, but we did yeah. eat them all at the same time. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. I miss Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, you can't beat wild game like that. You know, it's yeah. just, it's yeah. so healthy for you, super lean, not injected, full of a bunch of garbage. You know, it's like, no wonder you look so good, Josiah. You know, I'll, I'll say this, and this is, you know, it's interesting. And I, I, it was dark, and so I didn't take a photo. But this buck that you um, uh, took a, showed a photo of a few minutes ago, he had a testicle the size of a grapefruit. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? Um, it looked like he had an udder. And I'm like, did I get a hermaphrodite <laughs> buck or what's going on here? Um, you know, his, he, his he's antlers strutting around cool. town like, what's up? He was, uh, he was out looking for love, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He had oh, the beast. <laughs> but, it, but apparently there's like uh, the deer that in the, in the wintertime here, the deer eat a lot of kelp. And even okay. though we're far removed from weird stuff that's in the ocean, apparently there's like a high concentration of craziness that the kelp take on in the ocean and so current bringing stuff from everywhere else in the world and apparently it's a thing that like these every once in a while folks are reporting like big bucks with grapefruit sized testicles um but yeah and, and he had one that was regular right and i pulled the regular one it's the size of an egg right a duck egg and i'm like okay that's normal and i'm like what is this thing but i was worried for a second i'm like well did this deer have bad juju in him is he safe to eat it's the yeah, first right. time ever that I questioned that, but I researched it and it's fine. It's just, dude had a lot of testosterone. Let me tell you, he had you a know, lot of testosterone. You know, it's funny. You're now like on a watch list for looking that stuff up. Probably <laughs> <laughs> like, like Google's like, I don't know what's up with this guy, but he's looking up some weird stuff. Weird stuff. Like when There was an article. <laughs> hey, there was a, there was a scarlet first hit was a scholarly article. No weird stuff. Right. I was, I, <laughs> to your point, I was like, "Oh crap, what's going to come up when I look this up?" But right. when I looked it up, it was a scholarly article. Read it and like, yeah, and it was it was in that area of Kodiak that they were finding in that way too. So yeah, right after that, he's on Amazon buying kelp. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. This this is yeah. a good way to yeah. Any, any kelp companies that are listening out there, uh, here's your marketing tool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean that's why freaking rhinos and tigers are going extinct, right? Is for the same uh, desire that that dudes have. So. And, and yeah, and, there, and it was just kelp. That's all you needed, <laughs> right? Yeah, you, <laughs> you heard it here on paddle and fish. Don't kill a rhino. Don't need to kill a tiger. Just that's go to the right. Beach, Leave those animals kelp. alone. Head for the ocean. You'll be fine. <laughs> that's wild, man. It's jeez. Our planet is so wild. So wild, yeah. man things like that can occur in in wildlife man it's it's not you know it's one of those things where you're just like uh i'd be the same way is this okay to eat like should i i, I had to look it I up eat? i was like oh man <laughs> that's nuts that's nuts yeah you've been doing some crabbing too right you know kodiak's a, a weird deal um so halibut like the crab so you, okay. you've got a bit of a trade-off with your big flatfish and, and your crab. But then the other thing is sea otters. Sea otters, oh, they're yeah. beautiful. They're cuddly. <clears throat> so when the Russians owned Alaska, I mean, they raped and pillaged the land. And and sea otters were on the top of their list. So they, they cleaned the sea otters out. Well, we've owned Alaska from Russia for a while. I think uh, Putin 
I, I do believe he made a play. Someone, someone in his regime made a play a couple months ago saying, yeah, we want Alaska back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the governor of Alaska was like, you know, we're heavily armed. Go ahead and try it. So uh, it's really weird, <laughs> yeah. really weird deal. But anyhow, the sea otters have made a comeback. They're all over halibut like to eat crab. Um, and so there's not many crab uh, close to town, at least where we're at. Um, okay. And messing with big ocean swells, right? Southeast Alaska, you've got all these big islands protecting you from big ocean swells. Kodiak, we're on the middle of it. So big yeah, ocean right. swells, they're right there. So trying to pull crab pots, if it gets snagged on the bottom or something, you get yourself in trouble, right? So, I mean, think of deadliest catch. I mean, that's that's what you're trying to pull. But um, I see a bunch of snow crab and king crab legs on the beach. So when I'm done doing more fun stuff, I might turn my attention to it. But um, no, in southeast Alaska, I mean, I, I got after the crab, but haven't done a whole lot of crabbing since I moved here. And it looks like the guys that are crabbing, they're on big crabbing boats, boats going way yeah. out. So, Well, and it's it's pretty gnarly that, that passageway between kodiak and the and the other islands or the peninsula that comes out from maine alaska right Katmai. like yeah. yeah that that's a pretty gnarly passage right there right i i know from some of the stuff i've seen there's been a lot of big boats and shipwrecks <clears throat> like going through there if the wind yeah, blow, I, and the wind waves are way or something like that right? yeah i had to upgrade to a much bigger boat coming here because it's just not safe and in a smaller boat so um, and that's on good days. Right. And I've had a couple of times where it was a calm day. It was nice. And we're coming back and all of a sudden we've got 12 foot seas and it's gnarly and it's just howling. It changes oh, so fast. So yeah, it's, that's... it's dangerous. I mean, it, there's no coincidence that the largest coast guard base on the planet is here on Kodiak. It's on the rock. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole nother education you got to take under too. Yeah, you're not on the water, and uh, I can't even. Oh, I would be man. I'd be crying, probably externally. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely have to. I have to put on my my captain's hat, my captain's face when running the boat because it's it's serious. You you can get in trouble, so you got to be careful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the roughest seas I've ever been in is five six feet on Lake Michigan, which Mm -hmm. that's pretty freaking gnarly um because those those waves stack right on top of each other you know yeah but i mean still man it's uh i don't know water is such a powerful beast and it could take you out so unexpectedly um you just got to be prepared for the worst you know is what it seems like and not only that but I mean, I'm a big fan of Deadliest Catch. I'm not going to lie. You know, they always talk about the water temperatures up there, right? Like, yeah. that's the thing. Hypothermia is is serious, serious up there. Yeah, when I don't bring the kayak, if the boat's ever too deep at high tide to get to, I got to swim for it. And it's always ice cream headache and take your breath away, even on a hot, sunny day. You know, when it's 60 and sunny, you can mentally think like, yeah, I can do this. I'll swim out to it. And I do it, but... <gasps> You know, it yeah. takes all oh, the breath dude. out of you, and, and that's just it on a calm, sunny day, right? You fall in in the winter and everything. Oh, oof. yeah. Because what's the, what are the water temps right now? Forty degrees. 40s? Yeah. Are you dry suiting it out there or no? When I swim for the boat to bring it in, it doesn't sound like you do it then. No, nah, just skivvies, man. Just <laughs> all right. I'm gonna go get her. Do you know, for the most for the most part, you hope that timing of your hunting and fishing you work with the tides and you can just wait her up 
or you just bring your kayak and use the kayak back and forth. So whether it's a hard kayak or an inflatable, but sometimes with all the gear and if you're bringing multiple people, you got to sacrifice what you're bringing. So when I sacrifice that kind of stuff, sometimes it means I'm getting wet. Wow. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I am truly lazy. (laughs) I know that now. (laughs) Like, you know, it's, uh, yeah. You know, supposedly (laughs) the cold water immersion is super good for like your, uh, like everything. Like there's this in-off method of just getting in cold water. So. Yeah, I yeah. tell myself that whenever I'm doing things like this, like, oh man, I'm improving my, my vascular health. This is great. Yep. But uh, it's painful there for the first few minutes. Yeah. They yeah, talk about that with cold showers and stuff like, but yeah, but so you can like wean your way into that, but you're like full on boom. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> what is it like Norway or Sweden? They cut, they cut like big blocks of ice out so you could jump in. And then get out, and then you're supposed to get in a hot tub or something, and like it's something uh, for your body. It, it it rejuvenates it or something along those lines, and it's supposed to be really really good for you. You know, yeah. to sit, uh, what is it? Cold shock therapy or something is what I think they re- refer. Yeah, that's to. why. That's why a lot of football players they'll dunk them in. They'll sit in those Take big spats. ice tubs. Yeah, they, like and it's true. Like I can't speak to it either, but yeah, there's some like real benefits for your body um, to basically repair itself too. Yeah. Um, you know, cause it's like, cause we're so used to warm showers and warm baths and like really where it's at is, you know, being in the cold. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the, the first and foremost is just an inflammation, right? Any of us that yep. are dealing with inflammation. And so for me, after a big hike, it, it actually sounds kind of nice sometimes to go get yeah. in the cold water just from the inflammation, right? My freaking feet. Bet. My, ankles my knees my hips my back my neck so yeah jump in that cold water for five minutes and then it'll yeah. help remedy that yeah so so you don't have any like bigger dangerous fish that you know so we're the- we're out on this trip two weeks ago and uh we're going to pull our skate and I thought that there must have been a dolphin screwing around uh, on the side of the boat. And she looks at me and says, there's a shark. And the shark okay. was freaking, I mean, he was eight foot, eight and a half foot. This is a salmon shark. And guess what? A salmon shark's closest cousin is your great whites. Oh, and wow. I was just freaking swimming in that water. And I'm like, <laughs> and, you, oh, and you still do it. Like, so but now we're, we already know Brian will never do that. Oh, <laughs> oh man. But it's I you know I, I I know they're around, but he was getting shallow. They I you know I've never seen him shallow ever. But they're chasing salmon, and boat was next to a salmon stream, and we're pulling out and going. And I'm like, oh man! And sure enough, one of the fish that I pulled up, he took a huge wet bite out of that fish, three foot radius on the bite mark. Oh wow! So, so yeah, no salmon sharks are are in the water, and they're they're gnarly. I uh, what's the guy's name? British guy who does the uh, river monsters um he, oh he jeremy actually, wade yeah. yeah yeah he went he went swimming with salmon sharks and like covered himself in herring and stuff and they didn't bite him so apparently apparently we're safe but it still looks gnarly yeah Man. i no. anything with teeth and a jaw like that no 
I'm good. So I was thinking, I was thinking about like killer whales too, like or something. Oh, they're they're all over it. You know, I've never heard of them messing with people. Um, you know, we're too bony and not fatty enough, I think. But yeah, bro, have them. you never seen Free Willy, Jay? Come yeah, on. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what they yeah they teach that in schools with Free Willy. You know, right? <laughs> that's the yeah. we, we actually the curriculum. Love, uh, there's there's two cultures of killer whales. There's your salmon eating culture, and those tend to be the the killer whales and or the orcas that are struggling because salmon runs in a lot of places are struggling. And then you've yeah. got your transient orcas, which don't eat fish; they eat marine mammals. Whenever the transient orcas show up, we're all cheering because the marine mammals are hitting the fish, right? So when the orcas mm-hmm. come after them, all of a sudden the fishing's you know it gets a boost. So yeah, when those when those uh, transient orcas come around, we we applaud. They turn the water red, man. They'll clean an area out. Wow. All, all I'm learning from Josiah is that he lives in a very dangerous place and frequently puts himself in the center of those dangerous places. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I hey, mean, the, hey, same, the same adrenal living. glands that you're engaging when you mow the lawn, I'm engaging <laughs> on a daily basis getting my food up here. I, I doubt that seriously, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm planning on like, okay, if this thing rolls on top of me, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you might have to run, fight, maybe Call fight back. Guard I'm not sure. Save you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, no, dude. it's, it's gnarly, man. There's, there's a lot of stuff here that if you, um, if you do the wrong thing, it could get you for sure. So it's, it's, it's the real deal. And, and yeah, I mean, Kodiak stuff is bigger. The, the fish and the animals in the water are bigger. The bears are bigger. Um, and, and the seas are bigger. So it's, it's kind yeah, of, it's, crazy, it's, it's Alaska's Alaska out here, man. Yeah. How many people go missing in Kodiak every year? <laughs> I don't know an exact number, but we, I've talked as I, plan trips to go to particular places as a best practice i'll call fishing game and ask them about you know how people have done in an area things to watch out for that kind of thing and the last couple places i've gone to they've made comments yeah someone died out there last year so heads up you know so wow just the thing all we got to worry about really out here is like the occasional uh black bear and meth heads that's about it <laughs> <You know? laughs> <It's>... <laughs> oh boy i don't even think that's close I, I mean as a good rule of thumb i'm sure you're you're leaving kind of your travel plans with you know a few people in town that know where you're going to be and what your plans are right yeah yeah and you, you gotta we for the most part everybody's in reaching it up is a best practice as well so you've got your comms on you you know you're an sos button away if stuff stuff really does get crazy it's just gonna um, ask that yeah do you, yeah. you care you carry that one you can text on too is that that yeah. one you can text okay you yeah. probably got the really nice one that's like 500 bucks they're expensive. Yeah. The, the Garmin in reach, I got the mini just because doing Alpine oh, okay. stuff, I've, I've got to get my weight down. I'm just yeah. breaking my back once I've got meat on it. Right. But, um, no, the in reach mini is what we went with fresh this season. And I like it. We, we tried it out. I had, uh, I had a super, uh, you know, uh, do you guys ever hear the TV show alone? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So, you know, I've had in my brain the past couple of trips, I always have beavers walking out, you know, during hunting season and I've never taken one and, you know, waiting until the, the opener for, for beavers, for fur bearers, you know, you got to do that. But I've 
been walking through these dang beaver dams and they always tick me off because you're walking through six inches of water and then the beaver dams it's freaking eight feet deep and you got to walk all the way around it or try right. to you know pogo stick through it and i'm like you dang beavers and uh I, I had this beaver come out and he was like a freaking 80 pound beaver and oh, uh a, he was really lucky because a, a buck walked out uh i don't know 10 seconds after i saw him and I'm like oh, i'll come back to you and of course the beaver was gone after i got the buck but um i was thinking after watching that show that, that that'd be pretty dang sweet to get after them but uh, everybody keeps getting sick when they when they eat these beavers. <laughs> like I was watching really? alone, and every everybody that ate beaver yeah. ended up losing on the show. Why funny. is that? I mean, they don't eat they don't eat red meat, right? They so. carry giardia, so their beaver ponds are stagnant. So the guys were scraping fat and meat off the hide and eating mm-hmm. it a couple days after, and probably not cooking it oh, all the way through. Yeah. Would oh. be my guess, but. But yeah, anyhow, the uh, the idea of being able to to end reach over, I end reached over. I'm like, man, I just passed up a monster beaver, and we're laughing about it. And like, ah, we would have died anyways. So no That's worries. Hilarious. Yeah, well, I, think- I saw uh, it was on the Meat Eater podcast, right? They've been doing this thing, uh, or Meat Eater YouTube channel. They've been doing this thing where they cook up like just oddball animals that you would never think of to eat. Like, part they part just- of my plate. Yes, yes, and they and, and I think they did one with a beaver. Yeah, hmm. either that or it was in a meat eater hunting episode with yeah. Renella doing it, and they slow cooked that beaver for like I think it was like ten hours or something. They said it was just yeah. absolutely phenomenal. I've eaten it. I've never taken one myself, uh, but I've eaten them, and they're they're really good. Uh, porcupine's real good too, um, but. Yeah, and in terms of the Giardia, they're basically chilling in cesspools most of their life, right? So you yeah. want to get that hide off and don't be draping hide over the meat that you're going to eat, that kind of thing. That's probably where the guys messed up on alone is that when they're draping it, right, skinning mm-hmm. it out, a little bit of fur touched, and I'm sure that fur is just rancid with Giardia. So. And I don't think people really realize like how big beavers can get. Uh, that's what was i was saying i in reached over because i'm like dude i just saw an 80 pound beaver he was a monster i yeah. thought it was a bear cub i'm like what the heck yep. was he was that cub alone you i've know? seen one i've seen one that big in illinois uh yeah in some back area like off a river yeah and i was because i mean i was like looking across i'm like what is that thing because i it's basically around this lake that i would fish all the time and then yeah. I saw it move, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" I mean, it got a little closer, and it was huge. I mean, that thing is—I mean, it's as high. It, they sit as high as like a table. You know, yeah. they're so so giant. I mean, I know like when we're fishing in rivers, every now and then you come across one, but I've never seen one that big because they'll—they'll, you know, of course they'll be beside you and smack their tail and scare the crap out of you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, but I've never seen one that big ever since. I mean, I can only imagine because out by you. There ain't no pressure, you know, except right. not for man anyway, not like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wolves yeah. will get after them where, where you've got wolves and bears will get after them every once in a while. But those beavers are smart, man. They make their lodge with an entrance underwater. So if you're going to try and dig them out, good luck. <clears throat> Intense, man. Intense. Well, we've uh, we've had you for over an hour, dude, and uh, we appreciate your time and yeah, yeah, uh, thanks, guys. Just, 
just talking and catching up, dude. It's, uh, I don't know. It's fascinating to me. I always dream about making it to Alaska and I don't know. Now after talking to you, I think I want to stay home. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, uh, I've got these guys here in town right now. They're working on a real estate project that, that I'm working on. And I invited them to go fishing with me. And I told them, hey, we're going to leave around 4 a.m. It's going to be about 17 miles each way on an ATV. I'm going to carry the rifle with me. You know, here's the gear that you need to have. And after I explained everything, you know, and it was a what I perceive as a pretty generous offer to say, hey, you know, hop in. Yeah. I'll, I'll take yeah. care of everything. They're like, that sounds like a lot of work. I'm like, it is a lot of work. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They're like, man, I'm going to sleep in. I'm like, okay, no worries. <laughs> yep. 17 miles on an ATV and then go fishing. Like, are you fishing a river or are you going like out in a boat after the no. 17 miles? Yeah. River. So I'd take the boat out, but we've got 10 foot seas this weekend. And so the ATVs like the, it's the, the fail safe when the weather's no bueno for the boat. Who cares if it's blowing in an ATV, right? So yeah, let's yeah. do it. That's rad. I'll do yeah. it. I'll do it. Hey, when, when you I'm guys in. are ready, just holler. I mean, there's, there's I, plenty of fish. You're not going to fish out my holes. I, I can tell you that. I know. It's like, because I know last time you were like, come on out. And I'm like, man, I so want to. Yeah. It's like, is, oh. there, is there an airport in Kodiak? Yeah. Alaska or is Airlines, it like small baby. plane? No, oh, no, okay. Alaska Airlines take take the big plane. You got you got to stop over in Anchorage, but it's uh you know flight time. It's freaking thirty five minutes from Anchorage to Kodiak because you're just oh, flying that over bad. that that channel you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, that ain't bad at all. Nah, no, nope. no, it's it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, it's definitely even the fishing. You want to be you know at least in decent shape for whatever weather throws at you. That's the curveball, right? You, you plan your trips to not have expensive airfare months ahead, right? Because if you buy last minute, good luck. It's going to be expensive. So you have no idea what the weather is going to do. So, you know, I just have the ATV, have the boat ready, you know, and, and whatever weather gives, that's what you what you go for. So, yeah. Bring everything. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I can't even imagine. You'd <laughs> yeah. like be in the garage, just crates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, constant conversation that we have because for me to be safely geared up i've i basically have a full garage dedicated to hunting and fishing and i don't feel like it's overkill because in any given season i'm gonna have to use the gear that i have but i don't use it every weekend i don't even use it every month because i have some gear subsets right that are Mm -hmm. dedicated to a specific thing so to an outsider it's like dude you're a gear junkie and i'm like i want to be safe you know so I don't know. There, there might be a happy medium, but guys that really know how to get after it, you pretty much have to have your own garage or basement. And and that's how it is. Yeah. I know I get made fun of because, uh, you know, like, why do you have three pairs of 17 inch boots? I'm like, well, these are not insulated. These are for the warmer weather. These are insulated. And these are just for like getting muddy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Completely <laughs> logical. The complete yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense to me. I don't know why, you know, you can get round trip for nine hundred and forty bucks from Chicago. Yeah, yeah, that's not, that's not horrible. No, the Chicago I thought Anchorage it flights direct as well. There's a, there's a direct from Chicago to Anchorage. Yeah, yeah, it goes Chicago to Anchorage, Anchorage to Kodiak, and then coming back, it was Kodiak to Anchorage, Anchorage to Seattle, Seattle to Chicago. That ain't bad either. Yeah, yeah. I'm on my way. <laughs> 
Yeah, we've got a uh, look up Dolly Varden if you if you like catching. Oh, I know fish. what that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're the dollies here. It's unbelievable dolly fishing, and it's funny because at this point in my life, I mean, I I like catching the big halibut, right? I like catching sure. big salmon, second to big halibut, and so dollies are further down on the list. But um, come October, the dollies get colored up with this bright orange belly and like a neon green top. They're gorgeous fish and we get, you know, three, four, five, six pound dollies. Um, they're, they're pretty cool up here, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, fun. it's funny to me now. Cause it's a total like afterthought fish. Whereas 10 years ago, I thought, Oh man, you got to catch a colored up dolly. That's so sweet. Uh, but, why do they call them dolly Vardens? You know, a lot of animals in Alaska got named after, you know, people who did stuff. So I'm sure that's, that's what it is. I'm, couldn't tell you i could google it real quick and pull it up but yeah we just call them dollies because i i was like i was on the line of like well dolly parton i'm like you know like (laughs) i mean i don't know you know it's uh, i think dolly varden preceded dolly parton yeah yeah they almost look like a a a cross between a brook and a steelhead you know when the steelhead are coming in and like spawn and they get that that dark red belly almost so do- dollies are a char so they're the same as brooks in in terms yep. of in the char family but yeah interesting i almost would have thought salmon it's not it's not giving you how they got their name though Let's see if i can find it they can attain a much larger size up to 27 pounds yeah yeah when they go sea run they get big because yeah. they you know they get their nutrients from the sea yeah yeah, yeah interesting life history let's see if it says <laughs> this is their learning time right now right right so you everyone know. listening on the podcast there are a bunch right. of words on the screen and brian's reading <laughs> from uh this is from fishing game in alaska the name dolly varden refers to a colorful cloth of pink pattern of good looks that was milled for dressmaking in the late 19th century the cloth itself was named after Dolly Varden, the character who wore brightly colored dresses in Charles Dickens' 1841 novel, Barnaby Rudge. Oh, that's yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's quite the freaking fish, right? Barnaby yeah. Rudge to a fish in Alaska, but there you go. Wow. But yeah, it's always it's always some some gal, right? Like some dude's like, yeah, that looks like Dolly. Wait, did, did that thing just say rodents as yeah. a diet? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean we f- we fish yeah. for them with mice. So yeah. on your seven weight what? on your eight weight, put a mouse yep. pattern. It's what? <laughs> Insects, crustaceans, various fish species, and eggs and rodents. Dude, are you sure there's not like dinosaurs running around where you're at? Jesus. No, there's uh, these are the afterthought fish. These are the little fish. There was That's... a there was a short film in uh the fly fishing film tour one year. And it was all about fishing trout with a mouse pattern. And yeah. I think it was somewhere in Europe, maybe, where mice are just so prevalent. And these trout were getting huge, just feeding off of mice swimming swimming through the water. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Like, what are mice doing in water? <laughs> you know? I mean, so here, uh, all right. So the dolly mousing time, it's, it's like these two phenomenas. They've been chasing salmon, eating salmon eggs all salmon season, right? And the last run of salmon is your coho salmon, your silver salmon. And right about the time that coho salmon are done, and so their eggs are, are diminished, right? 
the mice start flooding down from the mountains to eat on the carcasses. And now, no, no, they're just they're just leaving the cold, right? They're getting away from the cold, and they're coming down to lower elevations. So they're crossing streams and rivers as they're coming down from lower elevations. Uh, so your okay. rainbow trout and your Dolly Vardens, your cutthroat trout, all of them are like, oh, freaking mice. This is great. The That's salmon protein. don't eat them. Yeah, salmon are shut down when they're in the river. They're only thinking is sex and death. That's it. Yeah, right. The right, trout right. and the char, they're, they're year round. They're still going. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's right about the time salmon eggs are done. The rodents are getting the heck away from winter and trying to find someone's nice cabin to go hole up in. Does that's that, interesting. if they're, if they're foraging on more mice than anything, does that change the way their meat tastes? You know, I don't know that I've ever eaten uh, a char or a trout that I could say was exclusively eating mice. I don't, I don't know that there are any that exclusively eat mice. I think when the mice are crossing rivers and streams up here, it's such a short window of time when there's a flood oh, okay. of them. That I don't know that it impacts flesh, um, but it yeah. does tell you that it's you know it's a good aggressive healthy char trout when it hits your mouse pattern. So Brian, that cleaned, sounds like I've fun. Them. Yeah, I've, oh Brian. man, skating oh, on the yeah. surface—it's all visual, right? So you're yeah. you're skating your mouse, and then freaking Ariel comes up yeah. for it. It's fun. Well, I just yeah. I, I just joke around with him because you know when we're sitting in the CRP, you know it's. I don't know what it is about mice and Brian, but they really like to jump on them. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brian, it's funny because it's, it's funny seeing you giants like just jump. <laughs> He's so well, it surprises out. you. It's unexpected. You know, yeah. like you're not expecting a mouse to jump on you, but it's so funny because we're sitting there quiet, like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've seen a lot of film, uh, film and read some articles on like catching trout on on mouse patterns and it's it's pretty cool pretty cool when yeah you, i've never done it personally i've it's something i've always wanted to do because that's just i mean like you said it's it's like a top water frog frog blow up for bass almost yeah you know? well they they yeah. got those rats and stuff too right for bass yeah 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 so i mean i i mean i, I assume you know i it's just stuff you just don't think about i guess you know you're always sure when you, when you see a mouse it's on land you know, yep. or it's in your garage and you don't want it in there. You know, it's something, yeah, yeah. you know, so that's, I, I just don't think about them in water, but it makes sense. I mean, they would have to, I guess, you know, they don't get to pick where they live. So you gotta, they gotta deal with whatever's around. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Right, right. right on, man. Right on. Well, uh, just uh, let people know where they could follow you, watch what you're doing, social medias, all that stuff. Anything you want to plug, man, it's all yours. Yeah, you know, so at Jackson Adventures, we've just made a big change with our lineup of, of coolers, the Orion coolers, and the price points come way down. And for the first time, you can order them direct uh, straight to you. So um, my same solution for getting a cooler that the bear's not going to tear up mm. is your solution for keeping your fish and your game cold. Um, I'm going to give that 85 a, a, a go for trying to put quartered meat in there and keep it safe. So check nice. them out. Um, you know, everything that I've experienced, I've used a lot of Yetis um, and I've been using the Orions and they're comparable in terms of their performance. And I've not yet had a bear tear up my Orion. So my Igloo cooler, <laughs> as Brian said, God rest in pieces. Um, it's, it's time for me to upgrade to the uh, Orion 85s on these trips. So check them out. Um, yeah, we're in the shirt here, bending branches, some, some sweet paddles. 
man, I use them in Alaska. If you ever have an issue when you're on your big boat, um, good to have a bending branches paddle to, to be able to get into shore, push off the rocks. And definitely when you're in the kayaks and canoes. Um, yeah, they've been using these advanced elements kayaks as uh, just backups inflatables in my boat. If I ever need to pump one up real quick and I need something that I can store away, um, they're sweet. So if you're looking for nice. an inflatable, check out advanced elements. Um, I, you know, for me, a lot of times it's, it's a, it's a great safety tool out where I'm at, but they're, they're a fun time paddling too. You can backpack them up a river if you want to, so you don't have to hike back down. You can cruise down on the kayak. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, check out, the, check out these coolers guys. This is a, it's a pretty sweet, uh, opportunity to get a top of the line cooler at a much better price point and have it shipped direct to your door. Um, me up here in Kodiak, that's what I've got to do, man. I'm sick and tired of having to go to Seattle to pick up my gear. So, <laughs> no, it's, I, I got an older version, uh, a 65 and that <clears throat> thing works great, man. It's, it's always been uh, a solid cooler for me and it, it always holds ice, things like that, man. It's, uh, I haven't put it to the bear test, uh, <laughs> that I know of at least, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good cooler, man. Good cooler. Yeah. 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 Right on, man. I appreciate you uh, joining us tonight and just uh, sharing some of your knowledge and uh, stories. And man, congrats on uh, the big move to Kodiak. Uh, I'm sure that's uh, it's a whole different world being there compared to Juno, you know? Yeah, man. It's a blast. uh, 80s movie, man. Joe versus the volcano. And Meg Ryan looks at Tom Hanks and says, well, where are we going to go? And he says, Away from the things of man. I yeah. tell you what, man, it's, it's, <laughs> it's good for the soul sometimes to get out and get away. And this is a place for it. I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, yeah, just the absolute beauty. I mean, we started off with that picture of you on top of that mountain watching that sunset. I could only imagine what it was like to be there in person. Yeah, my back my back was hurting, brother. I had a buck on me, but uh, the uh, the views are worth it. We ha- actually, I I finished quartering that guy out at two thirty a.m. and we started getting back towards the summit and realized it was too stinking dark. So we just holed up and just kind of huddled up. It was freaking cold, and uh, but then we both looked at each other and we're like, well, the only way you're getting this views is if you slept on top of a mountain yeah. <laughs> because your pack was too loaded and you didn't want to take the wrong step and fall down. Right. So sure, 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 yeah. sure. Wow. Right on dude. Well, uh, good luck and, uh, be safe. Stay away from bears unless you're trying to eat them. Right. <laughs> Catch plenty <laughs> of fish. Don't be bait. And, yeah, don't be bait. <laughs> don't, don't get eaten by one of those yeah. giant fish with teeth. Leave, leave the peanut butter at home. <laughs> it's so good, though. I almost yeah, always I have peanut butter in my pack. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, I'm sure that leaves a nice scent. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Why are there bears following me down yeah, the mountain? Yeah. Right? I haven't even fired a shot yet. Why are they trailing me? What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on, man. Well, we appreciate you, dude. Uh, anytime you want to come back, hit us up, dude. We uh, we always love catching up with you, man, and uh, hearing all the stories and adventures that you've been on. Uh, appreciate you very much. Guys, gals, listening, watching, uh, we appreciate you as well. We're here every Thursday, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, 5 o'clock out on the West Coast. We will see you boys and girls next week.
Jay Randall. See ya. <laughs> Thanks, Josiah. Thanks for coming on, man. It's hey, been a likewise. And man, yeah. your, your guys' show has blown up since uh, even the last time that, that I was on. So congrats to you guys. You're, you're a mainstay in the kayak fishing world. We're growing, man. We're growing. We're getting bigger. It's good. It's good. It's all, all good things, man. We're all doing good things. I'm just not as cool and extravagant as you. So let me go back to my. <laughs> yeah. I know we're like uh... little pathetic life in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't even know. Like, uh, I don't really have much to complain about anymore. I know that. <laughs> you know? All right, guys. We will see you next week. As always, tight lines, smooth paddling. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddle and fin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures, your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jig Masters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Through the Blackwater Bayous, and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.